Life Audio. Welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me. And I want to start today with a very simple question. It's a question that I'm sure you have considered. But the question is this, what is your why? What is your why? Unless you're just stumbling through life, and a lot of people do sincerely just stumble through life, trying to get through the day and then through the week and trying to uh, get past the next thing. If you're doing that, this may not be a conversation for you. But if you are trying to live intentionally, if you are trying to really live out what God has placed on you, the purpose that he's given you, the direction that he's set in front of you, if you're trying to live an intentional life, and we talk about this in the context of marching when it would be easier to stay where you are and die, you have to be intentional. But behind that intentionality or underlying that intentionality is answering the question, why? <laughs> what is your why? Here's a question that goes along with that. How do you clear the clutter of the world around you to understand clearly what you should do. I would like to talk about that for a few minutes today, and uh, this may be a little more of a Bible study than normal. I'm going to look at a few verses and, and talk about a Bible character. I, I guess I do that a lot, but uh, very intentionally focusing on one verse, the verses around it, the character who said these words, to help us to understand the importance of our why, how we can define what that why is, and then how, can we, how we can move forward um, in light of that, clearing the clutter around us to see clearly what we're supposed to do. We're going to jump into that in just a second. Hello, my name is Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Hello again, and welcome back to the March or Die show. Again, very glad to have you joining me. If you are not yet subscribed to the podcast, please, please, please subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to this right now and you are not yet subscribed, don't say to yourself, I'll subscribe later 
or I'll remember to do this, or I'll just come back to it. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, That does a couple of things. One, it helps me as the subscribers uh, grow, as the number of folks listening to this grow. That gives me more opportunity to, to to produce content like this, and that's good for me. But for you, it's helpful because this content will then be pushed directly to you every week as it comes out. So please subscribe. If you haven't taken the opportunity to go to my website, jeremystalnecker.com, jeremystalnecker.com, you can check that out. A couple of reasons I'd ask you to go there. One, that is where you can sign up for my newsletter. Number two, all of my social contacts are linked there. You can link out and follow me on social media if you are so inclined. And then all of the other stuff about me, things that I'm involved in are there as well. So please go and check all of that out. That would be fantastic. All right, so I started with the question, uh, what is your why? And it's really important to have this conversation up front before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of this, if you will. If you are a person who's just stumbling through life, you need to fix that first, okay? And I know there are challenges. Life can be extremely overwhelming. I get this. I definitely have days where I'm just hoping to get from one end to the other. I don't even really care what happens during the period of time that I'm awake. I just need to survive, right? I've had those days. I have those days. That's a part of life. But generally speaking, we should be very intentional about the life that we're living. Why? We go to the psalmist, and the psalmist said to God, teach us to number our days so that we can apply our hearts to wisdom. We don't have an infinite number of days on this planet. We don't have uh, an infinite amount of time during the week to get everything done that we'd like to get done. We need to be focused, and we need to be intentional so that we can fully be what God has called us and created us to be. I've talked about this a lot in other podcasts and in other places I believe that God has a big will for all of us, and we can find that in Revelation 4.11. God's big plan for all of us is to do what? To bring Him honor and glory, to worship Him, to ascribe worth to Him. God has created us to have a relationship with Him, and that's a relationship that should reflect well back to Him. That's what worship is. Worship is ascribing worth. It's pointing people back to the object of our worship. And as humans, we have been created to have as our object, God, our creator. That's the big purpose or the big will. So if you do nothing else in your life, trying to live intentionally, understand that. My big purpose is to bring glory to God. Okay, so am I every day doing things that bring glory to God? Very simple. But beneath that, and I go to a lot of places, but very simple, well-known verses like Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, that we're not supposed to trust in our own understanding, but rather trust in the Lord. Why? Because he's going to direct our paths, direct our steps. I've talked often about Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 that tells us to run with patience the race set before us as we're following Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. But it's a race set before us. We can look at examples in both the New Testament and the Old Testament of men and women who lived their lives ultimately to bring glory to God. But at a micro level, at a where they live everyday level, God had a different calling for each one of them. God's purpose for you is different than God's purpose for me. God's will, if you will, (laughs) for you is different than God's will for me. 
We all have different gifts. We all have different abilities. We've all been given different opportunities. And we need to steward over those well. We're all different. And we need to plug in those gifts, talents, abilities, opportunities. Plug those in to the big purpose of bringing glory to God. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about how there are are many members. And those members have different gifts. And he gave different gifts for the edifying of the saints for the work of the ministry. God has created us and gifted us differently so that we could work together, using the analogy of a body, all of the parts working together, to accomplish His ultimate plan of receiving glory and honor. Uh, We could see that throughout Scripture. I've talked a lot about that. Where we sometimes miss this, however, is we can get a hold of the, well, I need to live a life that reflects well on God, But we fail to get a hold of what is it that God wants me to do? How has God uniquely gifted me? We look at that and we evaluate it. And I think there are some very simple ways to understand that. What are those things that I have a unique ability for? I was talking to someone this week and and he was talking to me about uh, how he likes to work on his house and, and do a lot of different projects around the house. And uh, I saw some of his work, and it's, it's absolutely incredible. I and mean, it, it humbles me when I see uh, the craftsmanship and, and the ability that some people have to make beautiful things and, and even to make their homes beautiful. It's amazing. I have none of those gifts, right? He has those gifts. I don't have those gifts. I'd like to believe I have other gifts that maybe he doesn't. But we could expand that. All of us have things that we are naturally gifted for, naturally talented in, even if we haven't developed those gifts. What are those things that you have a natural gift for or a natural talent, even if you haven't fully developed it? What do you have in you that you wouldn't mind working hard to develop? That you'd want to work hard to develop, even if there wasn't necessarily a monetary or other type of gain? You're kind of wired to want to do that thing. What is that? What has God placed in you that's unique to you? Something you can develop, something you can work on. Here's a question that's important to ask. What do you want people to remember you for? How do you want to be remembered? In fact, if just a couple of words or a sentence could be used to describe your life when you're gone, what would you want it to be? Now, that's important. Not what would others want it to be or what would others tell you it should be. What would you... (laughs) As you're praying and reading and trying to understand what God wants you to do, you come to this conclusion, when I'm gone, this is what I want people to say about me. What would that be? If we're honest in that evaluation and coming up with that sentence, those couple of words, that reflects who God uniquely created us to be. I love even as the apostles write in the New Testament, these these folks who were so dynamic and so charismatic and so uh, really gifted by God to communicate well what was on the heart and mind of God that we needed to understand, they would always talk about those who had met needs and those who had come alongside and those who had done different things to equip them or enable them to fulfill God's purpose on their life. Different people coming together to accomplish what God ultimately wants to see done. We need to spend some time asking the question, what do I have a unique gift for? Uh, What would I not mind investing my life in? What, What do I want to be said about me? We get that as we spend time in the Word of God, as we spend time around other Christian folks asking questions. Questions about where can I be useful or or, or where can I be a help? 
starting in our church perhaps, certainly ministering in our families, asking God to lay on our hearts exactly what he wants us to do next. The psalmist said that God will give us the desires of our heart. And for so many years, I thought that meant that God would give me what I want. <laughs> really what that means, if you look at that and you allow that to, uh, to be understood, it means that God will place within you the desires of your heart. Don't run away from those God-given desires. Ask God to show you how to use those for His honor and for His glory, for the benefit and the blessing of others. What do you want to be said about your life? What word or couple of words or sentence could be used to sum up your life when you're gone? Something you'd like to see people say about you. Once you've understood that, and again, we've spent a lot of time talking about this as I've talked about legacy and some other things. The question really is, how do we utilize that, what we believe God has gifted us or called us to do? How do we utilize that? To clear the clutter, the voices, the noise around us, the whirlwind, sometimes the chaos around us, to execute <laughs> what it is God's placed within us. We have a great example in Scripture, and I hope this will help clear up some of this. I need to put on my glasses if you're watching on the YouTube channel because I'm getting old, so I'm wearing my glasses. <clears throat> There's a character in the New Testament who I talk about often, and if you've been around church, you, you certainly heard others talk about him. Paul the Apostle. Uh, crazy background, crazy story. A trained religious leader. He would be what we call today an attorney. He was trained in the, uh, ju uh, the, the laws of Judaism and was well-respected and was passionate <laughs> about enforcing these laws. In fact, so passionate that he received letters from the high priest to go and find people who claimed that Jesus was the Messiah. And when he found them, he could uh, persecute them, he could arrest them, he could tear families apart and, and oversee the execution or the martyrdom of these Christians, those they called people of the way. He had an encounter with Christ, and that changed his life, probably in his 40s. So he's a middle-aged man who comes to understand that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. Changed his whole life. 180 degrees. Turned completely around. When we view repentance, we see that so clearly in the life of the Apostle Paul. Going one direction, turned completely around and went a different direction. God's unique blessing was on Paul. He wrote uh, much of the New Testament, much of what we understand about Christianity and, and how churches are to be established and how they're supposed to function comes from the writings of the Apostle Paul, used by God in an amazing way. He was a missionary. He traveled, traveled around the world, uh, the world that he had access to at that time, and planted churches and trained pastors and, and did so much to advance the cause of Christ. Eventually, we know the history of the life of Paul. He would be martyred. He would be killed for his faith. But Paul is an interesting case study. Because in everything that he did, he never lost sight of what God had uniquely equipped him to do. Uh, again, much of what we understand about the gospel, we have because of what the Apostle Paul, through the inspiration and direction of the Holy Spirit, wrote to us. 
the book of Romans, indispensable for understanding the gospel. The book of Ephesians, indispensable for understanding the gospel. The book of Colossians, indispensable for understanding who Jesus is, the deity of Christ, and, and how that relates to us as believers and what we're supposed to do as Christians. And we could go on. Paul was used so amazingly by God to communicate the gospel message. And that was his why. And he knew that was his why. And because he had a hold of his why, the other things that were going on in the world around him, the clutter, the noise, the distractions, he didn't get caught up in those things. He could see clearly in spite of those things because he knew exactly what he was supposed to do. I want to take you to Acts chapter 20. And I'll read a few verses here. Acts chapter 20, and we'll start reading... In verse 17, the entire chapter is amazing, but verse 17, the Apostle Paul is traveling with some companions, and the author of Acts was a guy by the name of Luke who traveled with Paul. He writes writes these words, And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. He is Paul. So Paul calls the pastors and says, Hey, come to where I am. I want to talk to you. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Okay, so this is really important as we walk into this. He's talking to these pastors. He's going to make a point. As he walks through the rest of this chapter, he wants to tell them some things. He's getting ready to leave. He's not going to see them again. So he wants to communicate some strong truth to them. And he says, you know who I am. And you know that I have been very diligent to communicate truth to you. In spite of, he says, many tears and temptations. Those temptations, those are trials. This wasn't easy, he says. You know me. I have a reputation. You know my character. Verse 20, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to the Jews, to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, You know me. In difficulty, in trials, in temptations, he says, with a lot of tears. I haven't kept back anything from you. I've experienced those things, but I've continued to tell you everything that God has laid on my heart, everything I've been instructed to communicate. Verse 22, he says, And now, so after all of that, with all that in mind, you guys know this is true. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall be befall me there, save that the Holy Spirit witness or the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Paul had a unique perspective. He's sharing this with these pastors. He says, "You know what I've done, what I've been about, how hard I've worked, and, and the trials that have come into my life, and how I've continued to remain faithful. You know that about me. And now I'm getting ready to continue." I'm going bound in the Spirit, he says, to Jerusalem. I don't have a choice. I need to go there. I've been called. I've been led. And I don't know what's going to happen there except that. (laughs) So he had this unique perspective. Now, we go through our lives, and we don't always know what's going to happen next. Certainly not down the road. Paul did. It had been prophesied to Paul, both by other believers and the Holy Spirit of God working in him, that he says, bonds and afflictions abide him. What does that mean? He's going to suffer bonds. He's going to be imprisoned. 
and afflictions, those trials, those temptations, those difficulties that cause tears, that's going to come into his life. This is not over. He's not moving into a peaceful season of life. It's going to get worse. There was another man that came into the life of Paul and helped him to understand that if he continued on the course that he was on, eventually he'd end up in Rome, and being in Rome, he would lose his life. He's talking to these pastors. He says, you know who I am, you know what I've done, you know how faithful I've been. I'm going to continue forward. And apparently there was a lot of concern. You can imagine the pastors who loved him saying, hey, Paul, we need you. Paul, we don't want you to do that. We don't want you to get hurt. Why don't you stay with us for a while? There's so much more you can do here. And there's uh, so much uh, need for a voice like yours and for someone who can train us the way that you can. A lot of information came Paul's way. You ever deal with a lot of information coming your way? So much information. You can do this and that and this other thing. There's so many things that are available. There's a lot of noise, a lot of clutter, uh, a lot of chaos around him. Have you experienced that? Paul was experiencing this with people that loved him. Now, this is the tricky part. When people that hate you say things to you, it's easy to reject them. When people that care about you or that you feel care about you are saying, this is what you need to do, man, it gets really hard to know what's right, what's wrong, which direction you should go. Here's how Paul responded in verse 24 of Acts chapter 20. He said, but none of these things move me. (laughs) I know there's bonds and afflictions. I've had trials and temptations and tears. I've had difficulty. I've had people prophesy over me that if I continue forward, it's going to get bad. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app. God, Paul said, look, I appreciate you. (laughs) I'm thankful for your concern. I know what the Holy Spirit says is going to happen if I continue. But these things, they don't move me. They're not knocking me off course. And part of that is because I don't consider my life dear to myself. It's not about me. He would go on and say this in a number of other places as he continues. It's not about me. Because I know my why. What I want to do is finish my course. Really important. My course. He knew exactly what God wanted him to do. We could go back to the beginning of his relationship uh, with Christ. Acts chapter 9, he gets a vision of what his life would look like and the difficulties that would befall him, the language of the Bible. Uh, He knows exactly what he's been called to do and how he's been called to communicate and what he's been called to write. He knew what his course was. And knowing his why... He said, I want to finish that course, my course, with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He said, I know what my part in glorifying God is. It's communicating the gospel. 
he goes on after that, just starts preaching. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more, whereof I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock which God hath, uh, which the Holy Ghost hath made you the overseers to feed the church of God. He goes on. He gives instruction to these pastors. I mean, doesn't miss a beat. How does he press through the clutter? The emotional clutter. Paul doesn't say here that he's super brave or unmoved emotionally. He was human just like us. And he had to look down the road and say, man, I, I don't want to die. I don't want to deal with... Uh, being beaten, shipwrecked, and all the things that he had already experienced. Stoned to death. <laughs> I, I don't want to experience those things. I'm sure there were moments of fear and emotional anxiety. But the difference was he had already determined that he wouldn't be moved by those things. The human part of him was not going to override the spiritual part of him, the part that wanted to please God above everything else. Once we've determined the direction that God has set in front of us, and by the way, when you go through that process, what am I gifted in? What do I have a unique opportunity or ability for? And how can I develop that? And what do I not mind investing in? And, and what do I want to be said about me? It starts to bring the what God wants you to do into some focus. Again, remembering that the way God gifts us is ultimately to bring Him glory. So it, it's, it's one line. It's not separate things. God begins to bring that into line and puts in you the desires of your heart. And you're reading His Word and you're around Christian people and you're asking good questions. You're hearing preaching and teaching. You're allowing yourself to absorb that truth. Spending time in prayer, asking God to guide you and to direct you. And the Bible says He will. Once you've gotten a hold of that, you then need to look at what's happening around you, what's happening in you, and hang on to what you know God has called you to. A few years ago, I wrote down a personal mission statement. This has been helpful to me. And again, these, these things change. And by the way, they don't always say how, right? Often it's why, not how what not how how can change but writing that down has really been a help to me because when the world gets confusing when things seem so out of control as they often do I'm able to go back and ask the question okay but what does God want me to do I wrote a few things down as it relates to this You need to ask yourself the question, what is your purpose or why? We talked about that. What is your purpose or why? Write this down. Again, God can change that and God could shift it. But as you feel led by the Holy Spirit, you're in the Word, you're in prayer, you're around other people, you're hearing preaching and teaching, and you're asking God for clarity, what is your purpose or why? What is your why? This is what I believe God has called me to do. This is why I do the things that I do. Maybe you work a job so that I can do the why, right? Uh, you do some other stuff so you can get to the why. What is your purpose or why? Next, are you in the best place to advance that purpose? Are you in the best place to advance that purpose? This is important. 
If you believe God has placed a why on you, this is why you need to do the things you do. We could even say maybe there's a what attached to that, right? A what and a why. The what leads to the why. Are you in the best possible place to advance that purpose? God's given it to you. Are you where you need to be? Physically, relationally, um, vocationally? Are you in the best possible place to advance that purpose? Be careful with this. I'm not saying quit your job so that you can do something full-time that has no income. Maybe your job is what allows you to advance that purpose. What I'm saying is, are you in the best possible place to advance that purpose? I was listening to a testimony of some missionaries who are doing work in South Africa. Earlier today I was listening to this, and they were talking about how the missionaries that are there, the folks who are from there, who are ministering to the people around them, are starting businesses so they can afford, (laughs) within their local economy, to continue to do the work of planting churches and training church leaders. Uh, I'm not talking about jumping away from something that allows you to do God's work and God's will. I'm saying, ask the question, are you in the best possible place to advance that purpose? Uh, Next, do the things you are involved in advance or replace that purpose? Do the things that you are involved in advance or replace that purpose? So we ask that question, am I in the best possible place to advance the purpose that God has given to me? And we understand that by looking at what we're involved in and ask the question, are the things that I am doing involved in advancing or replacing that purpose? This is where the work, ministry, doing other things, being involved in other things, getting be hobbies or relationships or whatever, those things we can say, well, those allow me to accomplish what God has set before me. And that could be entirely the case. But if we're not careful, those things that are good things can replace the calling of God in our lives. Are they advancing or replacing the purpose? And then finally, do you believe God would call you to a purpose and not provide an opportunity to fulfill that purpose? Do you believe? This is one of those rhetorical questions, right? (laughs) Do you believe that God would call you to a purpose and then not provide an opportunity to fulfill that purpose? Because sometimes that's how we live. I've identified the purpose. I want to be involved in what God has called me to do. I'm looking at what I'm doing and trying to understand, is it advancing or replacing that purpose? But then we get frustrated because we think God has placed something on us that becomes frustrating because we don't have an opportunity to live that out. If God has called you to something, if God has gifted you or equipped you, if he's given you a purpose in the larger purpose of bringing him honor and glory, he will be faithful. He's called you, and he'll be faithful to take you to it. I look at the Apostle Paul, and man, what an incredible example of someone that was so clear on his purpose. It didn't matter literally what else came up. (laughs) He was all about doing what God had called him to do. I hope that's a help to you. This world Again, I'm not talking about all the bad stuff. There's a lot of bad stuff, but 
even a lot of the good stuff. This, this world around us is so full of voices and motivations and people who know exactly what we should do and, and on and on and on we could go. But we need to live in a place that is so intentional. We evaluate our lives through the why that God has placed on us. Paul said, look, I'm going to go forward. Why, Paul? Because I have a purpose. And that purpose is to communicate the gospel. What is your purpose? And how are you living that out? Hang on to that thing. Don't let it go. And trust God to work it out through you. Again, I hope that's helped to you. Take some time, jump over to lifeaudio.com, and you'll find some other great podcasts there. So please go ahead and check that out. Would appreciate that. If you haven't yet subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. And finally, I will remind you, as I do often, I say every week, but sometimes I forget, but often, (laughs) when the bullets are coming your direction, when the world around you seems to be falling apart, man, hang on to that promise, hang on to that purpose, but make the right decision. Even though it may be easier to stay where you are and die, make the better decision, the better choice to march. Thank you. I look forward to talking to you. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.